Welcome to Oysters, Clans, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grandex Media. I'm Ross Bolin, here at the Grandex Media Studios in Austin, Texas, with Barrett Dudley. Shwat up. And Veronica Ruck. <laughs> What's up? Shwat up, huh? Yeah. I, I don't know even how to react to Never you. Heard I, that. I, I froze. I didn't have anything ready. <laughs> you didn't so have a story, a unfilled story? I, no, I didn't have any gimmicks today or, mm. or anecdotes. Next time. So you're, next time. you're forced to reach back into the old schwat up bag, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's just where it's, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. It's like a freestyle. It's just straight off the top. Of course. This is the Night's Rewatch. We're doing a podcast for every episode of Game of Thrones, starting with season one, episode one, so that we all go into the final season of our favorite show as prepared as possible. Take the black and join us. Tell your friends, family, aunts, uncles, cousins, nieces, nephews. It's the holidays. Plenty of time around family to to force people to join your Game of Thrones podcast cult, fam. It's true. Clam fam. Clam fam. For short. Clam fam. Uh, we've got a new podcast channel here at Grand X called Grand X Labs. Subscribe to that. We've got a Stranger Things podcast on there called Touching Things by the uh, the Touching Base guys from PostgradProblems.com. Recorded one episode called Touching Things about Stranger Things 2. Very good stuff. I've got a new show coming maybe this week. We're recording on Wednesday, the Ross Bolin podcast, where I get to talk about whatever I want which is nice. We've also got TFM News from Micah. Producer Micah is the one who reads this news. It's collegiate news from across the country, the things that we find to be the most entertaining every week. comes out on TFM News. Again, all of this is on Grand X Labs. Subscribe to Grand X Labs on iTunes. There's also Sup's Dog and the Boris Low Zone. Check those out as well. Follow this podcast, Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles, and on Twitter, at Clams and Cockles, and like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. You can follow me, Ross, everywhere, at WR Bolin. You can follow Barrett. I'm at Barrett Dudley, in the streets and all across social media. And you can follow Veronica, too. At Veronica Ruck, R-U-C-K-H, Twitter and Instagram, BM Ruck, Snapchat. We've got a hotline number. It's 866-43-CLAMS, 8 Six, six, four, three, clams. Call that number. Ask us a question. Leave us a take. Make a clam fam correction if you must, which you must because we have five this week. Uh, Micah, you got those queued up? Got a clam fam correction call? Um, eight, six, six, four, three, clams is the number. If we make a mistake, call, tell us about it. If not, call, ask us a question, make a comment, make a point. We got five calls this week correcting us for mistakes we've made in the past. Oh, boy. The first one is is, uh, is playing now. Oh, boy. 
Hey guys, it's Riley from Tampa, Florida. Love the show, but uh, calling in with the Clam Fam correction, and uh, just want to say Jared was right uh, with the whole demigorgon making the guttural clicking noises like the early on White Walkers, because they do make it when Will's in the upside down looking at the shadow monster, like the first time he gets a clear view of it. All right, thanks, bye. Who's Jared? He must have meant Barrett. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. Yeah, you're Barrett, not Jared. Not Jared. Jared is that uh, that <laughs> the bearded, throne zone, the, the bearded dickhead that we have on. So occasion. I'm gonna have to clam fam correct Riley. That's there. right, yeah, because yeah. it's Barrett. The, the name of the co-host is Barrett, not Jared. <laughs> Jared. So or Jared, whichever one he said. Or so Jared. thank you for the call. I was, I guess I, I was right that a demogorgon does make that sound at one point. Guttural clicking. Guttural noises. clicking. Yes. I love guttural. Yeah, it's a good word. I also love the the idea of you and Jared dating and going by Jarrett. Ah, that could be our uh, couple's couple name. You would be a terrible couple. Yes, yes, they would murder each other. <laughs> would make no. You make no sense as a couple with Jared. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, clam fam correction for the clam fam correction. Next call number two. Hey guys, uh, Riley from Tampa, Florida. Um, just calling again with a clam fam correction because it's the second time you said this, Ross. A White Walker, like saying a White Walker is in the world, is not the same fucking thing as saying there's a dinosaur roaming around in Africa. <laughs> Dinosaurs existed. Millions and millions of years ago. Like, what the fuck? What do you not understand by that? Allegedly. Something existing in the year 1000 is like, I don't know, a fucking knight or something. Or like <laughs> a jester. So like you go to the Renaissance Fair and then someone says, hey, that's like a real knight from the Renaissance times. And that's what it's like seeing a White Walker in Westeros. It's not... Like seeing a dinosaur in Africa. <laughs> Dinosaurs existed millions and millions of years ago. Allegedly. I was really going to leave that five-star review with you guys quoting great literature and stuff. <laughs> but no, I'm not going to fucking leave it anymore because you don't know that dinosaurs are millions and millions of years old. Allegedly. It's fucking ridiculous. All right. Love you guys. Bye. Dude, love you too, but that was harsh. I just, you know... I think I no. Think I Ross think the dinosaur thing is first fair. of all. First of all, Dinos nobody can prove dinosaurs existed millions of years ago. First of all, not even science. The bones were buried uh, as part of a larger scheme to convince us all of that. I've heard the Earth is flat too. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, you can't prove it's not. I mean, when it's like How Shaq says, like when I'm that? driving cross country, I don't feel like I'm driving on a curve. You're not driving on a curve. No. You know. Yeah. And Shaq's driven cross country so <laughs> many times. No, but in all seriousness. Look, man, sometimes when you're making stuff up off the top of your head and trying to make a good comparison, it just doesn't go the way you want it to. But that's the best thing I've got, and I'm sticking with it. I think your comparison still makes sense. It, it, it's not the timeline, but something that... Dinosaurs in not, Africa. Right. Has, no long, has it, been extinct for a long for time. For a very long time that nobody back. really like comprehends anymore yes. because it's been so yes. long. Yes, that, that makes sense. So, Another yeah, clam fam correction of the clam fam correction. That's two for Riley. That's so two. So the... Uh, yeah, but yeah. So I, I and I think Ross, I, I think Ross did know when he said that that dinosaurs existed millions of years ago, not one thousand years ago. Allegedly, yeah. Um, yeah. Like us, but, oh, but, but you okay, know what's okay. a fair comparison? Jesus. 
thousands of years ago. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> yeah, I guess one of the differences with the game, with one thing that's hard about this comparison is that y- you get the sense that in the Game of Thrones world, when they say a thousand years ago, like stuff has changed, but nothing has really moved forward technologically. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's like life is still generally the same. It's just that that as we learn in this episode, like magic is gone now. Right. So it's like same same thing, but now we, we it's now same, we live the same life. Same but, but different. different. It's same but different. Yeah. But also same. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. Anyway, so it's tough to make a, it's tough to make a modern day comparison because like you were just saying, talking about like a Renaissance fair, it's like saying a night existed, like in the year one thousand. But yeah, we. But, but that's, that's not a, that hard to imagine. Yeah, more like the Virgin Mary giving birth. Let's co- the White Walkers are Jesus. Will you stop dumping on my religion? <laughs> it's my religion too. God, that's why it's okay. Okay, next call. <laughs> Hello, Clam Fam. Uh, this is Shelby calling with a Clam Fam correction. Um, Littlefinger did not send Roz to Joffrey. Tyrion actually hired them. I know, like, probably through Littlefinger. But Tyrion's had sex with Roz in the past, so maybe he, like, requested her. Like, you know, she's, she's from the North. She's going to be real good at it. So um, just an interesting thought. You know, Tyrion probably had more candid. You know, Tyrion didn't want to fuck up Roz like that. So, yep, just thought. Love what you guys are doing. Have a good day, night, morning, whatever you listen to this. Come on. It's it's afternoon. We'll have a good day. Uh, no, she's correct. We 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 f- incorrectly blamed Littlefinger. No, I just dis- I disagree. I think I, we yeah. even mentioned that Tyrion hired them. Maybe we didn't. I don't think I don't we did. think we mentioned it this episode, but we've mentioned it recently. Okay, that well, we ju- all know. Yeah, but just the same. Tyrion Little, was the hire. I still I'm still throwing blame on Littlefinger too because Littlefinger probably picked the girls. Mm. Maybe, or Tyrion picked him because he's familiar with Roz. Well, we don't know, do we? No, we do not. But it's fair to say that's not all concrete. Next call, Clam Fam. This is Taylor from Atlanta, Georgia. First off, love the podcast, Veronica. I don't understand the issue with Daddy. I really don't get that. Some women prefer it. Some women don't. Some dudes prefer it. Some dudes don't. But just had a little uh, Clam Fam uh, reminder. You guys seem to be stumped um, after the uh, after the segment talking about the clicks from the from the White Walkers. Um, yeah, those things are fucking creepy, um, and uh, the clicks are definitely creepy as shit. But I did want to remind you, you guys seem to be stumped, um, and uh, we're talking about alien esque movies that that is in. I wanted to let you know that signs. Holy shit, signs with Mel Gibson, those things click like hell. Um, take you back to the baby monitor scene, that shit scared the hell out of me. Um, so as soon as you guys were talking about clicks and Ross did his little clicking thing, um, that's the movie I thought of. So uh, you guys didn't say it, so I thought I'd add it in there for you. Um, love the podcast. Uh, you guys are great. I listen to it every Monday. I listen to a lot of Grand X. You guys are awesome. Fan Outfitters is sick. Lisa Mattress is great, too. Love you guys. You guys have a great rest of your week. I love callers who plug great call, our, great call. They plug our sponsors. That's yeah, that's 
doing our job for us. I appreciate that. Dude, that scene in Signs with the baby monitor haunts me to this day. I only saw Signs one time when I was 13, I think, when it came out. Did you poop in your pants? Uh, I did not, and I don't do that at all. Allegedly. All right, we appreciate all the Clam Fam corrections. We're going to get into What is Dead May Never Die, written by Brian Cogman and directed by Alec Sakharov. Hmm. This one starts out in Craster's Keep, which, frankly, I've had just about enough of Craster and his keep. Yeah, I'm ready to get on out of there. As we know, at the end of episode two, he caught Jon Snow spying on him, sacrificing one of his daughter's son, children. It's a son, a male son, to uh, to the White Walkers. Clubbed Jon Snow and, and drags Jon back to his keep to, uh, you know, bitch him out in front of all the other members of the Night's Watch. Now, one thing that I noticed, it, disheveled Jon Snow having been dragged back to Craster's Keep here and beaten. I think it's the only time we ever see him with his hair like this, where it's like just a total freaking mess. Just It wasn't even that bad. It's Afro-y. Yeah. And I appreciated that. Um, we find out as a result of this interaction that, that Lord Commander Mormont knew at least on some level, I, I like that Craster has been sacrificing these male children. He says something like, the, the wildlings serve crueler gods than us. Uh, but I don't think Mormont knows that he's sacrificing these kids to White Walkers, right? Like, Because that would be super messed up. He just knows he's doing something with the kids, with the, with his sons, I mean, to maintain I, I think he peace. He knows. He says he talks about how the wildlings kind of serve crueler gods than than here, John. Um, and that kind of feels like they have to somewhat abide by like what the White Walkers want. And then also, when John says like that, he that he saw it. Actually, John says he saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I saw something. Take that child. Um, He's like, I dare say you'll see it again. He's like, yeah, they're out there. Whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. He's got an idea. He's got an inkling. Okay. Sam gives Gilly a little present that his mother gave to him. I had to stop the episode and Google what this was. Yeah, what is it? It was a thimble, but I stopped it before the part where he uh, talks about like sewing and stuff, mm-hmm. and it becomes real clear that it's a thimble. But oh, it would never. Anyway, never notice. Yeah, it's a thimble for those who 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 don't know what it was. Belonged to Sam's mother. She gave it to him before he left for the wall. Great going away present there, Sam's mom. Send your your son off to join the Night's Watch and give him a thimble. It's like armor for your thumb. Yeah, everybody that is exactly what it is. Everybody, everybody out there, get your girlfriend, get your wife, get your, get her a thimble for Christmas. Yeah, protect that upper thumb. Yeah, you know that top third of your thumb. Mm-hmm. Get that thing protected. Just get her a sentimental thimble. That's what it's on every it's it, it's on every it girl's wish list this year. We actually we just started selling uh, chainmail thimbles on manoutfitters.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Used code DRAGON for 10% off those thimbles. <laughs> and if you play uh, Monopoly, always use the thimble mm-hmm. as your piece. Mm-hmm. Is that a, th- a piece? In the old school Monopoly, it's one of them, yeah. Does anybody actually know how to play Monopoly yes, in this world? Yes, I'm one of the most dominant Monopoly players of our generation. That is such a useless skill. I think I've played Thank Monopoly <laughs> like a total of two times in my entire life. So I, we and always it took three years each time, right? 
Like I just yeah, it takes why a couple hours. <laughs> is it that fun? Is Monopoly fun? You know what I like to I do is know. make guttural clicking noises while I'm <laughs> playing Monopoly with my thimble on. <laughs> no, but for real, we play with my cousins every time we go to the on vacation together. Jesus. And and I would just pound everybody. Like, I'm the oldest one, so it was easier. And a lot of the time, I, I'd have been drinking, so I'd just be ruthless with my fucking Monopoly strategies. Just become like a just an, a slumlord, just a basically. Baron. Yeah. I feel confident that any time... I don't think I've ever played it all the way through. And... Says a lot about you. It, that I don't like boring games? Yeah, that does say that's, a lot that's about That's not me. what it says. But I think it does. Okay. I think it does. Sorry, I'm not a ruthless dictator. Or That's whatever the hell. Yeah, you're you're right. You're not when I am. Monopoly God. <laughs> Ross isn't a businessman. He's a businessman. <laughs> Gotta get boardwalk. Gotta get boardwalk. Lock it down. Uh, All right, back in Winterfell. Bran is having another warg dream where he's summer. Uh, first of all, this is the first time it ever hit me, the significance of Bran's wolf being named Summer. Never, Never struck me before. I think I might be one of the thicker humans walking the face of the earth good at monopoly bad at recognizing other important things because um, it's the opposite of winter yeah because and i assume at some point here brand's going to stop the winter but mm, mm. but anyway that's neither here nor there maybe so I, i'm just I, I keep we keep getting I, I forgot about all the wolf warging in these so first couple much. of seasons. I can't believe this they tiptoed out of that. And they just, yeah, they really they just, just like were like, slowly oh, backed out mind. of it. Yeah. Dude, it's weird. They're it's just so of, heavy I don't in get these why, early I know, seasons. I know, and I don't get why they just, I don't get why they abandoned it. This one is particularly crazy because it's him waking himself up right. as summer. Right. Which is tight. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, it really is. Like, we've just now started to get into it. It gets heavier than this. Yeah. Is that yeah? Yeah. Huh. Well, we'll see. And it's it's a it's crazy how much that faded out of importance. The final, the last, like season six and seven. Right. Right. We've seen none even of it even before that. I, feel I think like. I I feel like I didn't even remember yeah. that it was right. A, right such a key element in the beginning. I wonder why that is. If anybody has a good idea, or maybe something's be been written, written about it. I don't think so, man. We got dragons flying around. It can't be. You know what? It's probably perhaps just like less important to the overall plot. And if they're going to focus on cool yeah. deets, yeah. like that one doesn't move the plot I think, forward. I think much. you are probably right on yeah. the head there. Well, I was surprised at Lewin, the maester in Winterfell, basically being on the same tip that everybody else is with the whole like, all this shit's gone. Dude, Magic's yes. dead. It's dead. Yeah. It's like. Okay, and here's you think that if anybody, if anybody knew that like Stark children generally have a weird connection to like green seeing, this guy would know it. Yeah. Well, and it even like this scene in particular kind of rung that bell with me too, to the point that I was trying to think back, I think forward to when Maester Lewin uh, passes away or is in the process of passing away. Mm -hmm. To try to remember if he says anything to tip off that maybe he did know. Okay. And he doesn't. No. Which is so weird because he even talks about he shows off his Valyrian steel link right. in his maester's chain. He studied all the mysteries. Says maybe magic was once a mighty force in the world, but not anymore. The dragons are gone, the giants are dead, and the children of the forest forgotten. It's just bizarre. Like I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. His character would make more sense if he was the one that was like, maybe, maybe there is still some yeah. magic out yeah. there in the world. I brand. Yeah, I totally. Yeah. Instead of being like, no, it's all gone. Right. And so, is like Ned supposed to be able to warg into a, like? Is this a 
only next generation Stark children or I don't think it skips a generation necessarily. So, like, ne- I so think then we then don't he know. would definitely know if they're able to do this, then Ned and Benjamin would have been able Well I don't no 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 no. I don't I don't think it's ever implied in any way that either Ned or Benjamin were able to warg or anything so then like sure, that. Sure, but the but but we do know from like research and and like deep dives and and that clues it's a familial trait. Well, and that the Starks have yeah, an, yeah. a weird tie to the North in general. That right. they po- right. probably were involved in building in the building of the wall and like right. They, you know, and, yeah, and, and yeah. It's weird to wonder how much deep dive knowledge we have that that Lewin didn't. Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but you you'd think that that would have been in the history books and and, sure. and such. Yeah. Uh, no, I but mean, it's, now, a, it's an interesting point. Now. Uh, like Ned and Benjamin also didn't have pet direwolves, so they may have not right, had a chance okay. to ah, develop that. Develop that. Maybe that, that's that what that like connection and that kind of. I think the direwolves set it which off. Also, hadn't been seen in a really long time. Right. Coming back, kind of so like retriggered this. It, yeah, you just think like, that a oh, northern maester would be like direwolves are a sign that yeah that shit's like coming holy back. shit this yeah. magic is coming back. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes total sense, and that explains the lack of any type of knowledge about or any type of warging with Ned or Benjamin or anybody else. It's like this magic has recently, very recently, re-entered the world yeah. in the yeah. same way that White Walkers yeah. have, in the same way that dragons will. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, support this podcast by hitting manoutfitters.com and using the code dragon. For ten percent off any order, is it ten or fifteen? It's ten. Dragon. <laughs> it's ten. Dragon. Dragon. Uh, if you spend a hundred dollars, you get ten percent off your whole order with free shipping included. Dragon. If you order on manoutfitters.com by December thirteenth, which is what nine days from now, um, then you I have guaranteed Christmas delivery. And that's also you get ten percent off any order. You get if you spend a hundred. You get free shipping. Oh, shit. That's nice. Dragon. Thank you for clarifying, Barrett. So yeah. 10% off any order. If you spend 100 bucks, you get free shipping using the code DRAGON, Dragon. on manoutfitters.com. Uh, got a ton of great Patagonia on Man Outfitters right now. Dragon. We've got <laughs> great outerwear in general. Mm. Yeah. If you're looking to stay warm this winter as it comes or has come. Is it winter now? Uh, I never yep. know. In some places, I think it's winter. I thought there was like a date you have to hit. Oh, official winter is December twenty first, twenty second. Right, winter solstice. The solstice, yeah. Mm. You should, and really, coming. you should be buying your friends and family winter solstice gifts as well as Christmas gifts. Yes, everybody. As well this. as Kwanzaa gifts, as well as Hanukkah, Hanukkah gifts. Hanukkah, Hanukkah, yeah. Um, Hanukkah, Hanukkah. As well as Festivus gifts. Times. Festivus mm-hmm. for the rest of us. Festivus. Yeah. Gotta get some Festivus gifts. Yeah. We got a ton Ramadan, of great Patagonia. We got what, what else? Who? Ramadan. Do they have gifts? Ramadan already happened. Ramadan. Oh, I thought it was. Ramadan uh, is not at the right same time. Right before. I thought it was. You are wildly uneducated yeah. in the arts yeah. of Islam. I have, s- I have a lot of Muslim friends. Actually, I'm that's almost, not well, a they're, lie. They're, almost they're, positive Ramadan already happened. They're feeling pretty disrespected as Ramadan was back in summer. <laughs> it's not in the summer. Yeah, uh, in May. In May. Does it change every year? You change every year. Anyway, winter solstice gifts. Get on it. Arcteryx, Vineyard Vines, Patagonia. Check it out, manoutfitters.com. We're going to take a break. We'll be back to keep rolling through this this episode. So if you're listening to this, you probably enjoy podcasts. Well, guess what? We've got a podcast ourselves. I'm Dave. I'm here with Will and Dylan. We're uh, Touching Base guys. Why don't you come join us? Be part of uh, Touch Nation. 
It's a thing. It's sweeping the country and even the world. I thought we were calling them base touchers. Base touchers, touch nation, touchers, whatever you want to call yourself. We just want you to listen. I thought it was DCO nation, deal closes only. That's a whole niff different thing. It's a subset. It's hard to explain. You have to listen to pick up on this. Subscribe, give us five stars, leave us a review. Just give us a shot during your business. That's all we ask. All right, we're back. Let's hop over to Rinley Baratheon's camp. Where, Marjorie uh, Siding. Catelyn Stark arrives. Jumping uh, the gun. In the midst of Sir Loris. No, I'm not. You can can yell about Marjorie as much as you want. Okay. I'm also going to exclaim when we get to Marjorie's titties. That's not what I'm talking about. This has got a separate exclamation for that. Yeah, this is just Marjorie on the screen for the first time ever. Is it ever? Yes. First time we meet her. First time we meet her. She like super awkwardly yells out like, hi, Garden. It's really. Yeah, yeah. You're like, all she's right. Cheering sit, on, she's cheering on her bro. Sit down, Marjorie. Catelyn walks up in the middle of uh, Sir Loras, her bro, fighting Brienne of Tarth. You know, I'm a, you know, I'm a helm boy. I love, I love talking about the helms. Yeah, yeah. Big, hel- big helm guy. Big on yeah. helms. Brienne has a cool one too. We Good never helm. see it again. Solid. She takes helm. it off, and I don't think we ever see it again. I literally never notice. I don't know if she ever put it back on. Yeah, it's a good point. That's. I guess you're not a helm boy. I'm. I'm sure not. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah, well, when she takes her helm off, oh my god, Brienne's a woman. Wow. It's a woman. We never That's knew. shocking. Um, and sh- as her reward for being champion of this little tournament, she asks for the right to serve in Rinley's Kingsguard, which is shockingly progressive that Rinley agrees to this. I mean, he Why was, as a gay man, he should be the progressive one. Very true. Oh, very true. Oh, so. Yeah. It's just, it's kind of crazy that nobody in his camp is like, I disagree with this. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they're just he's the king. super liberal. He's, he's king, bro. Yeah, he's they're king. They're the super liberal group. They they are definitely the liberals. They're yeah. like they're the way more forward thinking than yeah. uh, than Stannis. He's got a hundred thousand men, and he knows every single one of them their names. You know who's not okay with with gay people or women serving in the Kingsguard is Stannis. No. Yeah, <laughs> he is no definitely no not way. okay with that. So he's much older than Renly. Like that age gap that uh, he's makes it like yeah. Renly, sure. different Renly, is, Renly is like the Alec Baldwin and Stannis yeah. is like the Stephen Baldwin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Renly confirms that he's got 100,000 at his command. I don't know how many times we have to talk about that. They bring up the number of people in his fucking army once an episode. He's got a lot, but they're the Knights of Summer, not the Knights of Winter. Ah, uh, that's a very good point that you and Catelyn Stark make. Yes. Um, he also <laughs> mentions that that uh that this is all the might of the stormlands and the reach. I would like to ask where the stormlands are. I don't know. Where's our map? I thought we were supposed to have a map pinned up. We have just a map. Sure. We have two maps that were sent. We to do. Me. For the love of God, do not send us any more maps. We have plenty of maps. We just need to get one framed. We're moving offices soon. We're gonna put that map up. All right. Just. I'm just saying. I don't know. Like off the top of my head, what constitutes the stormlands? And Maybe I would like to know. Please call in and tell me. They're down south. They're they're on the coast. They got to be with the yeah. name like that, right? Stormlands. I guess. I don't know. Uh, one other cool note. Brienne drops a I'm no lady to Catelyn Stark. Which makes it so sad to me that she and Arya didn't stick together. Well, they, maybe they'll get back together, you know? Maybe. They, I hope so. They are so birds of a feather. That would have been like the coolest role model for Maybe Arya to have. And and even Catelyn kind of smiles at that line. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, you remind me of my youngest daughter. She's like, ah, oh, my youngest daughter's going to turn into Who a... Who no one knows where she is. Yeah. Is going to turn into a killing machine. A big 
man lady like you. She's not. She's not going to turn in. She's not going to be big. Arya is not going to be large. She's a small person. Very small. Yeah. In the Iron Islands, Yara is still holding it over Theon's head that he tried to bone her. And uh, Okay. You know what? He she sh- needs to like not hold it over his head because she allowed it, invited it. She set it, it up. She set it up. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I, I, I'll partially disagree with you here. I think she need. It's very funny, and she, 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 as she says, she was doing it to try. I wanted to see who you were first, basically, and I did. Uh, she's trying to get a feel for what kind of man her brother has grown up to be, and yeah. he's a, he's a scumbag, and he's a scumbag. So but I, he let her sure. touch her boobies. But I, f- I oh, find and, and I more than he, that. He, he rubbed the clit too. He, he went downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Totally unnecessary <laughs> to be that detailed about it, but oh, no, I just also I, know, I appreciate I know Veronica bristles whenever I say stuff like that. So now you do it six <laughs> times an episode. We've quickly gone from like rated PG thirteen to rated X in like a three week span with season two here. <laughs> that that word doesn't bother me. I just wasn't expecting. I wasn't it. either. I I I'm a little bristled. Uh, but yeah, he did though. You're right. No, he did. And well, if he knows where it is. Well, what I don't get is that she. Good point. That she. Uh, <laughs> it. She's kind of like that part makes sense to me. Like make fun of him for that. That's he's a scumbag. But she's why is she as hard on him as her dad is? Because it's so be, weird. Because she's because she's obviously grown up and listen listening to her dad. So she is her dad's daughter. And she's just, you know, I guess, man. She's the captain of the armies. I, she's yeah. of the or of the navies, and uh, she's just riding with him. And she's I, like, it's just man of the house. Up. I feel like so she. I feel like he's coming from this like little, what they think, she, princessy she, land. She he's says coming, you're the one yeah. in skirts. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like she just feels like she's manlier than mm-hmm. he is. I gotta say this on the you first wa- on a first watch through of this whole thing maybe you're smarter than I am and you get right away that the Ironborn, um, that the Greyjoys, they are uh, terrible. I didn't get that right away. They're the worst. Yeah, no, they're the worst. They are. Basically, what Balon Greyjoy describes here is that they're thieves. Yeah. Not only are they like pirates that rape and pillage, but they they don't work for anything is basically what he says. We do not so. We do not sew. Those are their words. Those are l- their words. And what he what he basically <laughs> we don't work. What he basically explains here is that they don't. Yeah, that directly translates. Yeah, that to we do not put in work. <laughs> we don't put in work. We just we want something and we take we it. just take it and yep. that's and that's it. What a fucked up way of life. So yeah, so they're really just like this. And I know I've said this uh, an episode or two ago on a, on our show, but like this just it really sours me on any type of Yara saving. Plot yeah, I'm with you. Or Theon redemption arc, because you know he fucking burns the letter to Rob Stark, man. He he chooses these awful, awful people in his dumbass family and his dad who gave him away when he was a little kid. So you know, fuck him. I'm with you. I I I, I remember like in my first watch, being like, all right, these people are clearly different. But not really understanding right. the, the depth of their are, shittiness. Yeah, yeah I, I didn't either. And in a rewatch, it's like, my God, everything about them is bad. Yeah, there is no good quality. No. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I still, I I don't know. I still feel bad for uh, Theon. I have too much empathy. The situation you know? he well, is in 
is unfortunate, but he makes the wrong decision. He, oh, okay. I will I'll say, agree with that. I will say nobody that I'm aware of in maybe any story ever pays for their mistakes like Theon does. True. Yeah. He gets his. Yeah. So. Yeah, he does. At least in that regard, uh, things play out the way that they yeah. deservingly should. I don't know. I don't think he deserves all that. I'm not saying, okay, I didn't mean it like that. I don't uh, mean that he deserves everything that happened to him. I'm saying he definitely he got pays, his payback. For his, yeah. pays for his mistakes. Um, I don't know. And I feel like Yara's not all that bad. She's just... She gets better, but she's she pretty bad right now. I don't think we know her personality yet. Well, we know that she's... But she later... Pretty much adhering to and agreeing to everything her dad says, and her dad's terrible. Yeah, yeah. her dad's terrible. But I think she's all right. So Balon says Yara's going to take 30 ships and attack Deepwood Mott. And that Theon's going to take the sea bitch, which is the name of a ship, the sea bitch, which is hilarious. If if for any reason any of the three of us ever are fortunate enough to have a yacht or the right to name a yacht, we are naming it the sea bitch. bitch Is a great one, yeah. Uh, To raid some fishing villages. Yes. Careful of the nets. Careful of their (laughs) nets. These people are terrible to him. Uh, Theon tries one more time to convince his dad not to attack the north, but again. Balon is like, nah, we do not so. And uh, Theon finally, at the end of this whole sequence here, kind of calls his dad out and is like, you gave me away. Yeah. Like, I didn't choose any of this. Uh, what, I was like, glad he did that. You bent the knee to Robert Baratheon and you gave me away. And it's such a cheap bitch way out that Balon takes. He just keeps walking. Right. He doesn't even have a response to that. No. Yeah. Which, in all honesty, if you're going to be a shitty guy, at least be shitty through and through and like have some argument. Yeah. Like, what the hell was that? He just walked off? Really made me angry. Anyway. Any other notes on this ins- this no. scene in the Iron Islands? Back in King's Landing, Shay is getting bored and increasingly annoying. She's complaining. She's quite annoying. Yelling. This scene. Yeah. I'm, uh, dude, I always loved Shay, like, the first watch through. I did, first too, couple. but she's such a bitch. Man, she sucks. She's just... Not even a bitch, just whiny. She's like a little kid, yeah. Like a little bitch, not a bitch. You Screaming, know? complaining about being being locked up in a room, which is for her safety. So Tyrion's she's like... she's an adult. She's right, she's a grown woman. She Like, she needs to... It's not like when Sansa's, like, bitching about shit. Like, she's a kid. This is a grown woman. There's who, no like, one keeping her locked in there, by the way. It's not like the mountain is watching the door. She could come and go as she pleases. If she wants to break the rules, go for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Tyrion's like, look, I'll get you into the kitchens uh, as a scullion, which it turns out it's a kitchen winch, and she's not down with that. Gets angry. She's like, excuse me, I'm a prostitute. I will not lower myself. To scullion. <laughs> what the fuck? And Tyrion attempts yeah, this is again. It's so weird to me too. <laughs> it's so she bizarre. She is a whore. She is a prostitute, and she's like, "I'm not a kitchen wench." Like, yeah, I you kind of are. In the kitchens. Like, you're right. You're not a kitchen wench. You're a prostitute. Yes. Kitchen wench is a step up from prostitute. <laughs> yeah. Go clean those plates, bitch. Right. Right. Yeah, it makes no sense. And again, he tries to make her understand the danger that they're in with Cersei. Like, my sister will kill you. My sister is looking for anything to hurt me. You are a thing that would hurt me. She would kill it. Like, but she just doesn't get it. And even when he says that, she's offended by that. Oh, you're oh, you're I'm my your, weakness. She's like, oh, weakness? I'm a weakness. Yeah, it's like shut the fuck up, Shay. 
this, you need to swerve. These girl. are mis- misguided attempts at feminism or something that she is she's swinging and missing. I don't know what it is yeah. they went for here, but they missed. Uh, Sansa is has to eat dinner with Cersei, Tommen, number one, and uh, Marcella. Old Tommen still. Old, Old Tommen, Tommen, not Tommen number one. Old Tommen, that's what we call him. <laughs> I like that. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> Cersei calls every time she calls Sansa little dove. Little dove freaks yeah. me out. Yeah, just shakes me to my core. That Tommen, he's got a good heart. He's got a Lit- good heart on that one. Yeah, I oh, feel yeah. like little dove is like the modern day sweetheart when a girl calls another girl sweetheart or like passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the same. That's vibe the for same sure. thing. Absolutely. Um, so the end result of this entire scene is that Sansa gets a new handmaiden. The new handmaiden is Shay, who is terrible at what she does. Yeah. Is a chamber pot a, uh, a, poopy, a poopy seat? Yeah. It's where you pee and poop. Yeah. It's okay. a toilet, Barrett. No plumbing in King's Landing. No one has ever called it a poopy seat. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't have plumbing. Chamber pots, bruh. Okay. So you got you to gotta poop in your chamber pot, and, and then, then you got to have your handmaiden and take your poop out. They throw, <laughs> Ew. they throw it into the into the streets of uh, Flea Bottom. <laughs> That's where they empty all of them. I hate bathroom humor. Oh, I love uh, it. So gross. <clears throat> um, <laughs> what'd you call it? What? Poopy a pot? Poopy, a poopy seat? Poopy seat. <laughs> That's so gross. Anyway, Shay is like eating the food, stomping around, like, what should I do? Like, brushes her hair real rough. It's just just absurd. And later, Varys references how well Shay is doing as a handmaiden. Mm. Why? That is an outright... I guess, I guess she's made some progress. Leaps and bounds she's within this she's episode. picking it up. My God. Terrible when she starts. I mean, like one episode later, I'm pretty sure, like they're like um, Sansa and Shay are having a good old time. They're best friends. Yeah. I mean, if she besties. needs that, right? I think it's good. Speaking ultimately. of uh, speaking of poopy seats, <laughs> Tyrion gets a laxative from Maester Pycelle to help him. That's right, with that's his right. stool. I'll yeah. poop this episode to loosen it. <laughs> it's almost like season seven all over again. Uh. <laughs> With the, uh, what do we call it? The, the poop loop. The poop loop. The poop loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good times. Oh, man. Um, Tyrion tells Pycelle that he's going to marry Marcella off to the Martells in Dorne. And he Tyrion tells Varys that he's going to marry her to Theon Greyjoy, which makes absolutely no sense. And he does a very poor job of explaining how that would make sense. And Tyrion tells Littlefinger that he's going to marry her to Robin Aaron of the Vale. So, this is a pretty cool scheme he hatches here. Where he's is this level of schemery In season now. seven? Yeah. Good question. But what he's trying to do is figure out who the rat is. And it's right. almost like he knows. He has a pretty good feeling, anyway, that it's going to be Pycelle. Because he's the one who... T- he tells Pycelle the plan that he's actually going to execute. Yep. Right? right. Yeah. This is what he does. He sends right. Marcella off to the Martells and Dorne. Um, the other two schemes were complete bullshit. So... As we find out later, that is the case. Pycelle is the rat. But anyway, the scene where this is he hatches this is really cool. Very good, yeah. Yeah, very well uh, well done from a, what is it, cinematography standpoint, I mm. guess. Yeah. Editing. Mm, editing, yeah, editing. Back in Rinley's camp, Loris and Rinley uh, have a super sex scene with each other. A super sex scene? Super sex scene. I'm g- I gotta say, I gotta say, 
for Loris, Loris being such a great knight, mm-hmm. he's he's pretty soft and tiny. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where's the power coming from? Like, here? I feel like they could have got they sh- they should have had him work out a little bit more, right? Do do something. Do some push-ups, maybe. Because he just doesn't he just doesn't look like he could even swing a sword very hard. No, I mean he is extremely soft. I, he just I just I mean I can buy his size. They just should have tried to tone him up a little bit. More than a little bit, dude. Every time he takes his shirt off, I'm like, okay, come on. This guy's one of the best knights in right. the fucking Westeros. Yeah. I think not. Yeah. I think not, sir. Anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. 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 Uh, Loras is very upset about Brienne making the Kingsguard, Brienne the Beauty, as he sarcastically. So nasty. He's sassy, that Loras. Bitchy he, gay. He's peanut butter and jelly. That's what he is. What's that? What do you mean? He's jelly. Oh, jelly. He is jelly. Peanut butter and. Got it. I got it now. So then he withholds sex That's from a with common uh, Je- condiment that yeah. accompanies jelly on a sandwich. Yes, yes. <laughs> he withholds sex from Rinley and uh it makes and says there's another what are they, Tyrell, that needs her that needs his attention. He says yeah. brides aren't usually virgins two weeks after their wedding night. And Rinley's response is like <laughs> Yeah. Marjorie is a, vir- a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a known uh skank. Skank. Mommy, yeah. Hey, Skank don't slut shame Marjorie. I'm not. Yeah, don't slut shame, not shame Marjorie. I'm, there's nothing shameful about it. Just because she's seen a few dicks in her day. <laughs> she can get hers. Anyway, I'm just ofi- saying. Officially, she's a virgin. Yeah. Uh, officially, on paper. Yeah. Um, so Rinley's like, oh god, you're right. I gotta consummate this thing. And his, cause he 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 doesn't like women, Rinley. No, he does no, not. it does he not likes, seem he that likes he's men. into them. Yes. He's grossed out by women almost. <laughs> he was pretty so grossed out by her. He has to get shit hammered on wine <laughs> before she comes in to try to force this uh, uh-huh. this straight sex that he wants nothing to do with, and he fails. She rolls in like tits out, strips. It's a hot dress. Here's I love the dress that she's got on. She brings the show. You know it. he's a if you know that's a gay boy. You don't go. You don't lead with your tits. I don't. Well, think. she's trying to like. I'm just anything, saying anything she can. But I, I think she goes full force because what else? She doesn't. I mean, she's just trying everything here. She she throws out like the. I feel like that's the exact opposite thing that you want to use to attract a gay man. I'm just saying. I think he <laughs> like, she's she's hoping to appeal to any type of yeah. maybe straight sensibilities yeah. within May, him. Like maybe he'll appreciate this, like you know, this sexy display. Well, she he even put says, on like he a helmet says, and like walked in in armor and been like, "All right, <laughs> let's go." Like he even I, he even says like, "You certainly don't need it to yeah. the, about the dress or whatever." Right, so right. there's some level there. Yeah. Well, then, he could recognize that she's a like hot that's without what, that's wanting. exactly what she was going for. Right. Yeah. Right. But yes, so she 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 just this is the first time where we see Marjorie is just like down to play, like she's in the game. Do you want my brother to come in and help? He could get you started. I know he wouldn't mind. Or I can turn over and you can pretend I'm him. <laughs> she doesn't care that Renly's gay. No, no, not at all. She cares that she gets pregnant. Right. She yeah. goes on to say, "You decide how you want to do it with me, with me and Loris. However else you like." That part is weird. Whatever you need to do, you are a king. Loris, then me. Give, I just give me that baby. Yeah, she just wants to get preggers, man. Yeah. She and you're absolutely right. This is where we see for the first time that Mar well, this first episode we ever met her anyway. Right, right, right. But we find out that she is very much uh, a player in the game, not yeah. some like lovely lady who's But I, th- I think she like likes 
friendly as a person. Like I feel I like they so get too. along, sure, and she's sure. like, oh, yeah. you know, well, what she's saying to him, like you're a king, like and trying to pep, like pump up his ego. I well, feel she, like she's but serious she's not, about but she, that. Right, but she's not here for the facades. No, no, no yeah. And, and I think that's legit. This establishes that relationship between them too, right. where they both understand each other and are on the same page henceforth. He knows that she knows, basically. I think you know it's a good. That's a good. It is a good strategy. For them. It's a good strategy. Good move. Especially because if she's like a big, what did I say, skink? Sure. That's fine. Like but he's probably not going to care. Now they are going to need to figure out how exactly he is going to get her pregnant because this was a f- massive failure. Yeah. Did not work out. Yeah. Back in King's Landing, Cersei is very, very upset with Tyrion about wanting to ship Marcella to Dorne. Um, this is the scene where we find out that Pycelle was the rat. He's he he leaked the uh, information that Tyrion gave him to it Cersei. Looks like a little rat. I don't think that this is a great plot by Tyrion. It what well, do you mean? it obviously doesn't work out. All he wanted to do was prove, I think, that or find find out for sure who was a rat. Yeah. So he finds out Pycelle was right. Then he really did want to ship Marcella yes. somewhere safe. Well, okay. But but why does he but with the Martells who hate the Lannisters doesn't seem safe. And it ends up not being safe no. too. Yeah, you're right. And he's trying he's tr- he says he's trying to like smooth over the relationship and like maybe like a, you know, an, an alliance with the with with the crown will do that. But I think just the thing is the actual Martells it is safe. It's the sand snakes, these like yeah. off brand oh, that point. are the issue. Yeah, it's not true. the actual okay. Dornish royals or whatever want right, like they're right. like we wouldn't hurt a little girl. Like we wouldn't fucking do that. Yeah. Well if we are so, yeah, that's a very good point. Very good point. But also if you were gonna argue that maybe he intentionally like Tyrion is still very much in the mode and the mindset of intentionally doing things to upset and hurt Cersei. Well, right, and with this kind of, I I got the, I mean, I know Cersei's terrible from the get-go, but this feels like one of the moments that kind of turns her, like breaks her, like even further to the dark side. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. You know what I mean? This is absolutely one of the moments where you start to see her slip into madness. Yeah. Like, you know, and that's, that's her only daughter. Yeah. She knows Joffrey's kind of a psycho. Right. Yep. I mean, this is kind of her... It's her baby, man. It's her, br- it's her bright spot. It's, it's I mean, but honestly, I, I don't... This all backfires badly it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. on Tyrion. And th- uh, there's no way of getting around that. At the same time, though, that some shit like this was going to happen anyway. Like, that's what, what they do with their kids. Yeah. They marry yeah. them off as, like, kind of right. bargaining as chips. Rela- as tools to making relationships That's how stronger. it works. Like, what did she think was going to happen with Marcella? I th- but it's the way in which he did it, yeah. without consulting yeah. her, without making it in any way about like it. It was the way he did it. Yeah, I'll agree with that. In the Iron Islands, Theon is writing the letter Barrett referenced earlier to Rob. Um, that letter tells Rob that his father Balon is going to attack the North. They're going to take Deepwood Mott. But as we know, rather than sending this letter to Rob, Theon burns it. And this is his choice being made right here. This yep. is the end of the road for Dion, basically. Yeah. Uh, then the next scene is him getting baptized, and he's consecrating his faith to the drowned god, which spurned a massive question. Why doesn't he have to get drowned like Euron did? 
Like you're on. Is that just a coronation? Because that was yeah, that was the. Oh, that's a coronation. Yeah. You won the king's moot. Ah, okay. Because I was like, whoa, whoa. Why is Mm -hmm. Theon getting like the Catholic baby baptism Mm -hmm. version of this whole thing? Yeah. Euron gets completely drowned. That seems unfair. Okay, cool. Yeah. What does dead man ever die? Uh, King's Landing. Littlefinger is upset that Tyrion used him. And uh, as as a in, in that scheme that he hatched, and we get like one of the most little finger delivered lines of all time, when he says, "And Harrenhal, I suppose that's off the table as well." <laughs> and for, I mean, like me, me and Taylor were laughing, like had to pause the show because it's so over delivered. Well, his accent in this episode is very like it's he's he's super villainy in this one. Yeah, I love it. And I wish he would stay. Kind of like waffles back and forth between. Like, it's like sing songy like, almost. Yeah, it's fucking yeah. weird. Uh, but yeah, so he's upset, and Tyrion hits him with some other thing to make him to make him happy. He's gonna try to rope in him into this Catelyn Stark saga. So it works. Works. He convinces her. He convinces Littlefinger to go get Catelyn to to release Jamie. Okay. He, which she does. And blows up their entire family. Um, Tyrion has Bronn go visit with Pycelle now that he's proven him to be a rat. Of course, Pycelle's with a hooker because when is he not? And uh, they cut his beard and throw him into the black cells. But at, at the beginning of this thing when Tyrion's... First of all, I, again, he still has these hill tribesmen <laughs> yeah. working at his behest. Yes, he does. To one of them, he says, cut off his manhood and feed it to the goats. And the hill tribesman says, there are no goats, half man. <laughs> and Tyrion says, we'll make do. I love that scene. Um, but then, very important, Tyrion gives that whore that he was with, which is the new girl that Roz was training, by the way, um, yeah, 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 gives yeah. her two gold dragons and says, for your trouble, which gets thrown back at him. A lot of shit that happens in this episode goes wrong for Tyrion is my point like this doesn't go well either he temporarily removes Pycelle from the game but Pycelle gets back into the game and then turns it on Tyrion yeah and does the for your trouble thing to him later on oh I don't remember him I don't doing remember that, that either. oh yeah it's gonna happen oh all right no um, spoilers what Varys and Tyrion meet and we find out Varys is the one who set up Shay as Sansa's handmaiden for for Tyrion uh, this is where that riddle comes into play. Yes. Yeah, the yeah, one you guys riddle. here's your riddle. The you ones you guys thought didn't uh, exist. Okay, so here's here's what it was: three great men sit in a room, a king, a priest, and a rich man. Between them stands a common sellsword. Each great man bids the sellsword kill the other two. Who lives? Who dies? And Tyrion says, "Depends on the sellsword." Varys says, "Does it?" He has neither crown nor gold nor favor with the gods. And Tyrion says, "He has a sword, the power of life and death." Varys says, but if it's, so, if it's so, swordsmen who rule, why do we pretend kings hold all the power? When Ned Stark lost his head, who was truly responsible? Joffrey, the executioner, or something else? Power resides where men believe it resides. It's a trick, a shadow on the wall, and a very small man can cast, cast a very large shadow. I st- so who is the most powerful man in that room? I think I, I that's think, the point, that yeah, it can I think shift. Or I guess that, who yeah. lives, who dies. I think that that's the whole point is that it it can shift like depending on like the people and we see this, that shift happen later in the show when it is the crown with all the power and then uh, it's the religion like you know it. Well, I the think Lannisters the point have the, I think all the, the power; the riddle, they're the richest. I think it's, the point of the riddle is 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 
that you answer like, well, it depends on the sellsword. Like you say, well, the sellsword has the yeah. power here. Because then, like the rebuttal so is like kind of the people have well, the power. So, well, but that's but that's not true because otherwise, we'd give all the power to knights Swords and men. people with swords. Right. But we don't. We give it to whoever we give it. Yeah. And priests and rich men, because that's where we believe the power lies. Yeah. So in general, the choice there is a king, which would be like government, a priest, religion, or right. rich men, money. Yeah. Right. right. But then, so who does live and who dies? Is that not the point? I don't the, think there's I don't an think answer. that's okay, the point. Okay, cool. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. No, I get it. It makes sense, like, as a, as a uh, and I feel like reflection we, of society or whatever. Yeah. But I, did, I was still trying to figure out the answer. At the right. End. No, right, right, right. and I think throughout the show, we see that shifting. No, you are. Constantly. That's a good point there, too. I mean, yeah. we have a whole season dedicated to the part where religion becomes the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Now we're. Uh, now we we'll bounce over to uh, the road to the wall, where Arya is sitting there sharpening needle as everyone else sleeps. Will somebody get these people some Lisa mattresses? There's not a damn Lisa mattress in not sight in here. Sight. They're all I sleeping know. on the ground. Yeah, and you know Ar- Arya sits here and, and, she, can't and sleep. she doesn't know how she can sleep. She, yeah, she's not sleeping. She's not able to sleep, and she thinks it's because all these demons in her head, basically. It's but really, the real she answer needs- is. Alisa mattress. I mean, mattress, can a girl yeah. get an innovative direct-to-consumer online mattress brand that is also socially conscious, please? Please. That's driven by the mission to provide a better place to sleep for everybody? <laughs> Come on. It says that Lisa donates one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell through their 110 program. Maybe we should get them to donate some to the Night's Watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to whatever this stronghold is that they're holed up in because yes. Yes. sleeping on the floor shit is not acceptable. It's not, it's not going to fly. It's not acceptable. No Lisa, wonder you're not getting a good night's sleep. I'm seriously. Lisa also plants one tree for every mattress they sell and donates one percent of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. Go to Lisa.com, L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon for a hundred dollars off your Lisa mattress purchase right now. Dragon. You're you're not a true member of the clam fam until you sleep on a Lisa mattress. That's what I've been told. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Is that you know? Shocking shit there. Dragon. Anyway, to continue. Uh Yorin comes in. And hangs out with Arya while everybody else is asleep. And he tells her this story about a guy named Willem who was on Yorin's kill list, basically. He was Yorin's kill list. And he used to say it every night, Willem, 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 like a prayer almost. And then one day Willem came back into town and Yorin buried an axe so deep in Willem's head that they had to bury him with it. Which is deep. That's deep. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty deep. It's too deep. It's a nice almost. bedtime Some story that he uh, told to Arya when she couldn't sleep. That's, yeah, uh, that's, you wanna, deep, that's deep wood mott. You want to tell the six? <laughs> you want to tell the six-year-old girl the story about the time you murdered a guy with an axe? Mm-hmm. That's she's like, I can't sleep, and he's like, it's a good a bed, bedtime, it's a good bedtime story. story. Like yeah. for real though, with all that goes on with Arya, looking back to this season, the beginning of this season, even the end of last season, starting with seeing the murder or not seeing, but being present for the murder of her dad. It's no wonder she grows up to be a murderous, yep. killing machine psychopath. Yep. Come on. Oh, yeah. She's got grown men telling stories about burying axes in people's heads when she's like six. That anyway. is not what a six-year-old looks like, by the way. You have no, no concept of children's <laughs> ages. No, I don't. Uh, Willem, <laughs> Willem's horse serves to get Yorin to the wall. So Yorin kills this guy, says, okay, I'm no longer going to be allowed to stay right. here. Grabs that horse, goes to the wall, and he's been wearing black ever since. Which is kind of uh, it's interesting to think about because basically in Westeros, you can commit any crime you want as long as you can get to the wall before, before anybody catches you. <laughs> no, it's not kind of. That's absolutely <laughs> the way it works. 
<laughs> we need this system in some way, shape, or form because it's pretty tight. It would be terrible. We yeah. should we shouldn't do no, this. No, we we don't. Re- yeah, we don't condone that. No, the gold cloaks return. And they do have more people with them this time, and they do murder Yorin. Yes, and they it do. Sucks. Yorin gets got. Uh, a fire. He, goes, st- he takes out a bunch, though. Dude, he goes down swinging. Yeah, for sure. He takes. He puts up a hell of a fight. R.I.P. Yorin. Great character. Great. Great way to go out. Uh, and he accomplishes a hell of a lot of important stuff in the time that he's on screen, as a very small role. He's the one who tells Ned Stark that yep. Catelyn has lost Tyrion. Uh, other things. He give I I would not have remembered that he is the one that inspires Arya's kill list or his night nighttime kill list. Yep. I yep. don't think I remembered it was him, but I remember, I remembered somebody did it. Willem first. Willem, 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 Willem. Ah, uh, the king in the north. King in the north. Yeah. So when they're when these gold cloaks are running amok, they knock over like a lantern or something that that starts a fire. On this wagon that Jack and Jock and Hagar is in with these other two guys who are unimportant, and Arya stops and takes the time to free them, for whatever reason. Because she's a nice girl. Because she doesn't want to see these dudes burned alive. Yeah, she's got enough uh, goodness in her. Yeah. Anyway, they all get captured and taken back to Harrenhal. Is where they're going to be taken anyway. Hot Pie keeps saying, "I yield." Yeah, he's such a fat piece. <laughs> Uh, then they these these guys say we're looking for a bastard named Gendry. Give him up, or we'll start taking eyeballs. And Hari is like, "You want Gendry? You already got him. He's the kid you just murdered." That was a brutal death for that kid, man. They sh- needle through the neck. Yeah, yeah. So th- you watch the episode, so we don't have to replay it for you. But it, do, I can't remember. Does Arya successfully get them to think that was Gendry? I think I she think does. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, he has the helmet. The helmet, yeah, the right. helmet is sitting right she next says to him. It's he, perfect. He loved that helmet. Yep. Great play by Arya. Great play then by her. Very, Season very smart. saving. Yes. I mean, just, you know. Indeed. Turn the Indeed. double there. Uh, we got some more hotline calls pertaining to this particular episode. 866-43-CLAMS. Again, is our number. Here's the first call. What's going on, Clam fam? Uh, this is Reese. Uh, out in California right now, but from Houston. Uh, go Strohs. Uh, Barrett, just want to say happy birthday. Uh, happy belated birthday to you. Uh, just something I, I was noticing as the show goes on. I, I know Sam goes from this fat, ugly little fucktard at the beginning and then becomes kind of cute, I guess you'd call it. Like, you know, the quirky fat kid, cute. But, like, with season one, two, and maybe three, his teeth are just fucking disgusting. I don't even ever see it. And then at some episode during the season, like three or four, it becomes, like, pearly white teeth. Like, he actually has probably actual, maybe actor teeth. But the first two, three seasons, his teeth are disgusting. I don't know how Gilly finds that attractive. Like when the when he smiles as the girls are walking away, or when they're on the fist of the first man. Just, just like a pirate's life for him on the teeth wise. Just curious if y'all noticed that at all. Uh, I just noticed it, and maybe just you know I don't know when they're gonna switch that over to the the better teeth. But just my God, disgusting. Just oral B. Let's get over there and sponsor Game of Thrones. But uh, uh, uh that's it. I uh, hope to see you guys. Uh, hope to see you guys this uh, come a week and uh, go clam fam. All right, so I just want to say something. He ended this call with Let's Go Clam Fam as if we were like a sports team or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, man, that was so funny. It's like he kind of panicked at the end and said that. Mm-hmm. I listened to probably like three or four other calls that ended with like Go Clam Fam. <laughs> go Clam Fam. It's like, all right, where are we going? <laughs> Who are we playing? We're, we're just going. We we're are do, just we're going, doing good. Though, and it's, I, love, well. I love that. I love that. Uh, okay, so I noticed this. Yeah, Sam I has kinda, gnarly teeth. He does. He does. I didn't notice. And I and I now I want to know, 
if it's the actor who, who actually did have up. gnarly teeth yeah. and then he got his teeth fixed. That is my guess. It has to be, right? I would guess that he had that he kind of had British teeth. Classic, classic British grill. No offense to the Brits, but you got gross teeth. And then in, in he and then like every actor in Hollywood, he got veneers like once he got a big role and It's the first thing you do. You spend yeah. the first 100 grand on veneers. Yep. And then you you've the best smile ever for the rest of your life. Yeah. And then that's and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And then they couldn't what are you gonna do? Like he, he's a bigger character now. What, are they like, gonna fucking put mud in his yeah, teeth? You, you, nah. you might, he might nah. as well have have nice teeth. Yeah, I think it's yeah. fine. Nice call. The king in the north. King in the north. Ah, the king in the north. That was it. <laughs> that was the whole. That's the whole call. Good call. Good call. I will say. If we could avoid a situation where I'm having to listen to hundreds of calls that are just people yelling the king in the north, I would prefer that. So let's just have this one be our one and try to move on. Okay. Next call. Hey, guys. It's Luke from Pennsylvania. Just want to let you guys know I love the show. But I was just listening to the podcast. So if Craster's sons get turned over to the White Walkers and they get touched by, like, the White Walker generals, does that mean they'll turn into the White Walker generals? Because they never really died, I'm kind of unsure. I'm, I was listening for a little while, but maybe I didn't hear how like the general of the White Walkers become that position. But just thought, love the podcast. Thank you guys. See ya. All right, the dude who is the Night King, we see how he gets made by the Children of the Forest. Mm-hmm. So he goes from man to Walker. general, yeah. if you will, the Night King. But the assumption here is that the babies that Craster donates to the White Walkers, when they are touched by the White Walkers, are turned straight into White Walkers. I believe right. so, yeah. And then raised as such. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's that, yep. right? I think There's so. nothing else so to be said. So what's weird about that, though, is clearly these they age uh-huh. enough to turn into men, but then they stop and can live forever at some point. I don't know because some of the white they look old as hell. Yeah. Few of them. So, but like then ancient. why don't they age and die? We don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they do die. I don't okay. know. Maybe the aging process takes like thousand years yeah. for them. Because you would think otherwise they would wait until these boys grow a little before turning them. Mm. Somebody's raising these Walker babies. Right. And I yeah, just, we've right. talked about that concept before. Like, they're they, wa- the Walker the, wives the are home the with the Walker at? babies. Where the mommies at? The, the White yeah. Walker mommies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Next call. What's up, guys? It's Pierce from the Jersey Shore. So I was updating my winter fit Monday night on Man Outfitters, and uh, it's got me thinking. You guys are shopping on, let's call it First Men Outfitters. Uh, what are you putting together for your fit? That's what I got. I'm rocking Dario's Everyday Attire. Because the guy's just a stud. I mean, obviously you want to look like him. I'm taking Gendry's helm into battle because you're just going to look like a badass. No one's going to want to fuck with you. And uh, I'm stealing the bear from my sigil because Liliana Mormont's just a thug. And, uh, yes, that's going to be my fit. Let me know what you guys think. Keep doing what you're doing. Love the pod. I don't know if that's like an excessive amount of weed that he just smoked or what it is, but the the tone and nature of that phone call mm-hmm. is incredible. A lot of vocal fry there. First man that. outfitters, I like it. Okay, first man outfitters. The question is essentially boils down to whose clothes you like. How are you? How are you dressing if you're a member? Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, in yeah, Westeros, yeah. 
I like his Dario choice. Early Dario has an even better wardrobe, or he just wears it better. I'm right, not sure. Right. Yeah. Um. But he's got. I love. He's like kind of swagged out. I'd go Hound's helmet. The Hound's helmet, the one that bounces uh-huh. as he rides, <laughs> is absurd. That's the helm I'm going with for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I have any serious preference on like. Nobody has. Any I'm getting. Shoes. Ki- I'm getting kitted out by Jamie Lannister's armor guy. Good point. Uh, but then I'm gonna go with like I'm gonna go with some different colors. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe like a maybe like a hyper neon volt green. Be looking like Master Chief from Halo. <laughs> what <laughs> What woman style do you? I'm gonna go the most? with. Um, I'm probably gonna have Danny's stylist is gonna be my stylist. Not not. Not early season, Danny. Were you talking like clothes or hair too, or like oh. makeup, or like what's the what's the um, mix here? Because yeah, well, her clothes, her later on, especially her accessories. She's got some pretty dope dragon accessories. Yeah, she does mm-hmm. bracelets uh, and rings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, necklaces, all of it. Oh yeah. Um, belts. Yeah, so her stylist for sure. For, I mean, dude, she has really good hair. She does. I mean, I might. Yeah. That's a that and that's a weave too. Gets all crazy braided and whatnot. That's true. Yeah. Hair and makeup. I might still go with Danny. I like Jamie's early season hair guy. I'm getting the Prince Charming cut. That's shit. That's absolutely no. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. Okay, Barrett. No, you're um, not. No, you know that's you know you're just <laughs> making fun of it. That is not true. You would not go with that hairstyle. No, it's a good it's a good cut. That's a terrible cut. It's all swoopy. It's he's very it's it's uh it's feathery. It's, the ladies love it. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, I'm and then I'm getting one of uh I'm getting a fur coat from up north. I'm getting a, a crow coat. Oh yeah, you got you got to go. Yeah, you got to go with Dude, the north knew, for outerwear. I yeah. knew you were gonna crush this answer. <laughs> I knew you were, and you didn't fail me. <laughs> How many more we got? Next call. What's up, Clan fam? Um, my name is uh, Shmir, and I wanted to talk about why Jack and Hakar, or however the fuck you say his name, was on the way to the wall. And it's a theory that I've had. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, to be honest. But I honestly think he was in the caravan to the wall to kill Ned Stark. Um, and I'm pretty sure he was hired either by Cersei or Littlefinger, although I'm more inclined to think it was Littlefinger, just because Cersei did not want to kill Ned Stark. Um, she That's why she reacted the way that she reacted when Joffrey gave the order. So I think Littlefinger, it was kind of like a backup. Um, well, I guess not so much of a backup. Littlefinger wanted Ned Stark dead because um, he, he wanted to pin the Stark and the Lannisters against each other. That was his whole goal. Um, I don't know. Uh, tell me what you guys think. Um, I think it's a pretty cool theory, but uh, again, it's just theory. Thanks. Love the podcast. All right. It's the first theory I've ever heard about why Jack and Agar would be. Because we talked about this a little bit. We were like, why would he be captured? Yeah. Why would he be? This is the only thing that makes sense that I've ever been presented with. So I enjoyed it and wanted to share it. That Littlefinger hired him. Because we know these guys are for hire. Anybody right. can go pay one of the faceless mm-hmm. men if you're aware of them. Right. To be like his way to get rid of Ned out of the wall or something. It's a long shot. It's a stretch. I don't think But it makes sense a little bit. I mean, I guess. I, I, don't like th- I feel like Littlefinger wants to do all his scheming himself. I don't think he's hiring one of those guys. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, interesting. We got two more. Hey, Clam Fam. This is Lily in Atlanta. And I have a question. 
So I was going back looking through some of the wikis for A Song of Ice and Fire, and I found this little page about something called the Horn of Winter, or Jorman's Horn. And it's basically this part of lore in Westeros where there's this mythical horn that can be blown to, like, wake up the giants or bring down the wall. And I want to know what y'all's thoughts are on why that was overlooked as a possible, like, Night King solution to busting down the wall. Because since the wall is supposed to have all these magical properties, it only makes sense that, like, serious magic could, like, knock it down. Not to say that, obviously, dragons are magic, but they're tangible. You know, they're not, like, mystical, like, spiritual or whatever. So let me know what y'all think and what you think might have been the prospects that made Benioff and Weiss ignore that little piece of canon or what y'all's thoughts are. Thanks. Keep doing what you're doing. Bye. Well, I know we've touched on this shit, okay. right? So the, we last season we touched on the possibility of Euron's gift being, being okay. Horn. She no, might. She no. might. Okay, it, that was it's actually another horn that we thought was Euron's gift. There's two of these. Oh, there things. are two. Okay. Yeah. Oh. One is the one that controls dragons. The, that controls oh, dragons. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's that. I'm. It's slipping my mind. That's the one the we talked about, though. Yes. Yeah. But there's a and the reason the only reason we even brought that up is because book readers were like, oh, this is probably what the gift is. Yeah. Because yeah. this is right. something from the books, and this other horn is in the books as well. We never talked about it because they obviously don't go in on either horn. Right. They right. go horn Because the gift is not the horn. Yeah. Right. We've still never heard of it, so it's not coming into play. Yeah. This other horn is is they, they just kind of dropped too. But I mean there's all sorts of Easter eggs like this shit like this in the books where it's like maybe it's this, maybe it's this, maybe this is related right. to it's that. It's just like, a device to these throw you things off. Things that exist out in there and maybe some you know. Yeah. I, think, I thought she was asking why the Night King didn't use that, and my guess is he doesn't have it. All these bomb-ass yeah. horns out like, in the world. No, they don't exist in the, in the TV show. They do not exist. Or yeah. they do, and it's just, you know, nobody knows where it is. Right, so right. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm. But yes, that that's that's definitely like a, a deep-dive Easter egg. You can go read about both horns if, if you want to. Peace up, A-Town Down. Next call. Hey, guys. It's uh, Dane from East Lansing. Um, I have been following and subscribed and notifications are on for the Grand X Labs, yet effing around still has not come out. And being an effie like myself, I truthfully need effing around to come around. I was a huge high school musical fan when I was younger. I'm huge into his new comedy movies, Neighbors, all that. Baywatch, Zac Efron can do it all. I'm just waiting for him and like Vin Diesel to pair up. Thanks, guys. Uh, I just for for <laughs> Barrett, I will thank all the Effies who Effies or Effers. There's been a big conversation on Twitter recently. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, it's F- I wasn't. It's, I'm not. I'm not one of them. So I don't know. Right. So Me it's it, it, we're Effies. We're Effers. Uh, Effers was a, was was lo- was largely more popular than Effies. Okay. But Effies is kind of the OG. Like you'll only call yourself an Effie if you also I like listen Effies. to if you also listen to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Right. You know. So. Well, you had a few of them call in. Yeah. Well, and they're out there. They're, they're it, loud and they're proud. I can't tell you how disheartening it is to be listening to a voicemail, hoping for like an interesting Game of Thrones question, <laughs> and then have it be an Effie asking me where the hell effing around is. So the latest news on effing around, I know, I mean, you know, we, we've we saved it for the end. I, I saved my effing around news for the end of this podcast to make you listen to the whole thing. Sure. Yeah. And uh, 
the greatest his newest movie the greatest showman is coming out oh yeah later this month so i we're we're gonna time up effing around i think to come out it uh, only makes sense right around his his latest feature film the greatest showman which has a hell of a cast it's all about barnum and bailey's uh circus yeah which it's confusing it's confusing because by the title of the movie you might think it's just a biopic of zach efron sure because he's the greatest showman showman. (laughs) i hate you (laughs) but it's not it is a it is a movie about zach efron playing a showman (laughs) (laughs) he's not even the main character (laughs) oh god we'll be back on next monday uh to talk about what episode four of season two that's right yeah it's called garden of bones hmm I don't remember what happens, but that's not... There's a garden, and there's some bones in it. Jeez. Written by Vanessa Taylor, and uh, directed by David Petrarca. Is this the first woman? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yep, Vanessa Taylor wrote this episode and has done three total. The other two are both in this season, I believe. And then David Petrarca has directed two episodes. This one that we're about to do next Monday, Mm -hmm. and the Monday after that as well. Very good, very good. Back to back. Follow us on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Follow us on Twitter at Clams and Cockles. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters, Clams, Cockles. The hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS. You can go to grandexshop.com slash OCC. Grandexshop.com slash OCC as in Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. For shirts, T-shirts, support the podcast. We've also got sweaters, phone covers, mouse pads, all kinds of stuff. Hitmanoutfitters.com and use the code DRAGON for 10% off your order. Remember, uh, order's over, what is it, over 100 bucks? Free, free shipping. shipping. That's nice. Manoutfitters.com. Subscribe to Grand X Labs. Uh, Ross, me, I've got a podcast dropping probably this week, maybe Friday. But we're recording Wednesday. We've also got... All the other shows we talked about earlier on there. Back to Work covers a sports show that I host with Dylan Shivery, uh, Touching Bass... What else? What other shows do we do? Dudes nah. doing business. Dudes doing business. It's about dudes. They doing in them doing it. Shouts to all the Not effers doing in it, the doing business. All right, we're out of here. Come back next Monday. Grow the clam fam. Get people to take the black. Veronica. Later.